Welcome to the new podcast. It is called Breaking the Chains, a healing from emotional and, and physical abuse. And I am Kelly, and I'm glad you all joined me today. So, um, I think there's a lot of us out there, including myself, who's experienced mental or physical abuse. And I feel like it needs to be discussed more. So today I'm just going to, on my first podcast, I'm just going to go into um, what I mainly will be talking about and how you can like, um, if you're, you know, if your abuser is doing, showing these characteristics, how you can set up boundaries and how, um, you know, you can get away from your abuser please do not stay in an abusive relationship if you are in one. So I believe within every town, county, city, and country, mental or physical abuse is lurking in families, couples, ex-husbands, or ex-wives, or current wives and current husbands. And shockingly, it's some abuse is happening in our churches. When we are victim of physical or mental abuse, we have fractured emotions, low self-esteem issues. Most of us have encountered physical or mental abuse in any relationship, and we start to recognize that the abuser, um, that their behavior that they are showing isn't normal. Why isn't physical or mental abuse uh, discussed frequently. I think it isn't discussed frequently because I believe a lot of people, um, some including churches, they try to stay off of this subject because some churches do not agree with divorce. However, I am divorced and I believe um, you should get divorced if you're a victim of physical or mental abuse. You should definitely leave your abuser. Or if you're in a relationship with a physically or mentally abusive person, you should leave that relationship. And sometimes you have to leave when the abuser is at work and pack up all your stuff because you have kids together. Pack up all your kids stuff and your stuff as much as possible and leave while they're at work. So your kids won't get hurt and so you will not get hurt well um and also i believe most of the characteristics that come from abusers or one of them is a narcissistic behavior and narcissistic behavior is meaning they're self-centered they're conceited vain arrogance and they're boasting um if the abuser is uh, showing signs of malignant narcissism that is meaning that the abuser is using their manipulative pardon me manipulative ways or shows violence to the victim to amplify their own sense of well-being so Next, the abuser um, will most likely um, resort to gaslighting to their victim. This is manipulation of the victim for the extent, for extended period of time. 
Therefore, this causes the victim to question their, their perspective or of their reality. Science is memories that usually, science of this is usually signs of that if you were a victim and you were getting gaslighting, the signs are that uh, your memory, um, your memory can lead to confusion. You have a loss of self-esteem, not certain of, you know, your stability and a dependency on the perpetrator or the gaslighter. And the third characteristic most likely that the abuser will use is the smear campaign. This is constantly used against the victim by a, by their abuser. The abuser will make false allegations to their family, friends, co-workers, anyone who will listen while trying to destroy the victim's reputation. Like um, they could make up a you know a false allegation that you as the the victim is um um usually you know you're an alcoholic yet they don't have any proof of it or that you're a drug dealer or um that um you're a prostitute you know these can lead to you know these um they're just different you know lies that um the abuser can say to try to smear use the smear campaign to um turn people against the victim so um like and I'll, I'll give some more um examples of the smear campaign they could go around saying that you're um if you were married and you're an ex-husband or ex-wife that they're um you know could say that you're an unfit parent however they don't have any proof or evidence that you're an unfit parent they don't have any evidence of a police record they don't have any evidence of you using alcohol that you're an alcoholic or that you're a drug addict and things like that or they could go around you know saying well this person you know um you know they could you know just come up with different uh lies say that you or a you know a person that abuses drugs and they're just lying about it false allegations which is also the smear campaign and yet they still don't have the evidence they don't have a police record but they will tell their family members or co-workers or friends that you are a drug addict or drug user but they don't have however that's their smear campaign to try to turn these people against you without any physical evidence and um but i will go more into these um characteristics of why these abusers do this and how to set up boundaries and um and it just like um i just think it should be talked about more because there's a lot of us that have 
are going through or have been through an emotional or physical abusive relationship. And when we go through it, it takes us years of counseling to get back to our normal, um, I, I guess I should say normal mentality, uh, because it really destroys our self-confidence. It destroys, you know, some of us, it destroys our physical bodies because it can, because we're so stressed out. Um, it can also create a lot of anxiety because of our abuser is physical, um, has been physical with us or mental with us and we have a lot of anxiety of what our abuser is capable of doing to us or and if you have kids together you could be have a lot of anxiety of what they could possibly do to your kid or kids so you have to um and if you have anxiety i would highly recommend that you like seek uh professional help if you can't get a hold of it seek professional help with a a psychiatrist or a therapist and it's okay if you have to take like anxiety medication for that and also i would recommend if your um, abuser keeps threatening you to file a restraining order if possible to make it you know that's one of the things you can do to um help release some of your anxiety if you're have so much anxiety that your abuser could show up at your home or your you know your apartment or wherever you are located at and try to harm you or at you know any way or harm your kids or you know because um i hopefully that will not happen to any of you but i know it has happened to other victims of physical abuse and also um a lot of people don't talk about mental abuse. I've experienced mental abuse while, um, when I was married. I'm divorced now. Mental abuse to me is it, just as bad. I mean, as physical abuse. And I know physical abuse is bad. However, I'm not, uh, I'm not lowering physical abuse. And I'm just saying that uh, mental abuse is just as bad as physical abuse. So if you're a vit, if you are, if you are a victim or have been a victim of mental abuse, um, then um, you know you struggle with self-esteem. You know you struggle with anxiety. You struggle with a lot of um, stuff too because, and most um, of our abusers. Um, if we're divorced from we have kids with them we still have to um you know we still have to have that communication line because we have kids together and yet um our ex husbands or ex wives have to still uh, communicate and therefore um some of them do not stop degrading us do not stop the mental abuse or do not stop threatening us physical harm on us however we have to set the physical um, the boundaries with the ex-husband or ex-wife and say look i will file a restraining order or um i'm not going to you're not going to degrade me if you have any issues you know regarding our kids that you don't agree with seek your attorney because they do not have the right to degrade you and um, that the abuser should not 
be degrading you if you're discussing your kids. They should be just discussing, you know, the kids' schedule and stuff like that. However, if they are degrading you, which I've experienced this, you have to put a boundary. You say, look, I'm not going to, I will not listen to degrading um, comments about my what you were saying about me. Um, if you cannot, you know, communicate me, communicate with me without the degrading comments, then I'm going to have, you know, you're going to have to say, look, this is the only thing we need to be discussing is our children and our children's schedule and things like that. Um, so um, just, just make your boundaries and step firm on them. And no matter what they threaten you with, like court or whatever, don't not be scared because, um, you have all the texts. Take pictures of your texts. If you have texts of them threatening you, threatening your life, uh, if they're degrading your character and they, you know they don't have physical proof, like I said earlier, that's just a smear campaign to try to make you look bad. So, But you can you put up your boundaries and you don't have to listen to it and text or over the phone or wherever. And I think like a lot of our churches, well, not a lot, I say some, some of our churches should uh, talk more on physical and mental abuse in uh, relationships because that's why our divorce rates are so high because we just focus on divorce in some of our churches instead of the abuse itself because um, there is physical and there is mental abuses in marriages and that's why a lot of couples do file for divorce and do get married uh, do get divorced because of physical or mental abuse and you have every right to divorce your husband or wife if they are physically or mentally abusing you and i'm divorced so and i can speak on that that i feel like i know i know that we will still go to heaven even though we're divorced because we left a abusive relationship because in the Bible, Jesus, you know, does state that they should, you know, love, you know, it says wives submit to your husbands. However, then it goes on like husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. And most of the people don't think about that. But however, I think a lot of couples should love each other um, with unconditional love and respect. However, a lot of marriages aren't like that. There is a lot of abuse, mental and physical abuse, and the victim feels trapped because of, and there's some, most time, and, um, in my case, it was because of financial, because um, my ex, well, my husband at the time, um, didn't want me to work because he wanted that financial hold on me, knowing as long as he kept mentally abusing me that I couldn't find a place to live. Um, you know, luckily, praise God that I have, you know, parents that was not concerned you know, with um, me and my child living with them, um, I, you know, after I left the abusive relationship, um, you just, you can't live with someone who will not seek help. When you beg your 
your partner or you say your mother or you know a family member a husband a wife a brother a father whoever that's abusing you if you beg them to get help and they will not get help then you can't force that person to get help however if it's like to the point where you feel scared for your life or your physical and mental health is really at risk which most time it is in a physical or mental abusive relationship it's time to leave the relationship and here's the thing that i did because i knew that my husband at the time and my husband at the time had a very uh he has a rage problem so i knew the best time for me to leave with our child was when he was at work so i packed up all our stuff as much as i could get in my little toyota corolla and i packed it all down with my toddler in the back in the car seat and i rolled headed to my parents house and that's the best thing to do in a situation like that in my opinion is to leave if this parent person it has a violent uh temper or shows any kind of violence or even you know if you had enough or the mental break you know mental abuse then the best time is to leave especially you know when kids are involved i believe it's best to leave while the abuser is at work okay i want to um go more in depth too with the characteristics that i said most abusers um you know most abusers are have a narcissistic behavior meaning that they are self-centered and i've said this and you know i started out with this but i want to go more in depth with it they're self-centered they're conceited they're arrogant they're boasting and when if you know they're really filled with like they're really it's called malignant narcissism this means the abuser is like really using their manipulative ways to show violence to the victim and it only amplifies as time goes on but it it gives a I guess it makes the abuser makes them more boastful when they're acting so narcissistic you know meaning when a person abuser is narcissistic or any person could be narcissistic meaning they only care about themselves they don't care about anyone else and they don't care about you know what other people think they're so vain you know they're boasting about all their accomplishments in life and they're not humble um mainly they're not humble in my opinion because i i know a lot of narcissistic um they show nars people that have narcissistic traits uh they are not humble they have no sense of showing you know like any you know they don't have any empathy for anyone else 
They only care about themselves. Okay, say a narcissistic person and a regular person were in a car wreck, for instance. A narcissist and the car wreck was pretty bad. Uh, so I believe the narcissistic person, if the narcissistic person was not hurt, the narcissistic person would get out of the vehicle, not check on the passenger because they would not, the narcissistic person would not be concerned about the passenger, even if the passenger was like one of their loved ones or family members, or they would like tell the cops, well, you know, it was just a bad wreck, you know, and thank God I'm not hurt, you know, like that. They only care about themselves. They show no humility to anyone else or no empathy at all. And to me, that's a very, I've never shown that kind of behavior in my life. I've always been a very humble person. And I really, when I was married to this person because they this person has still today shows narcissistic behavior i think it's too how a person is you know raised like are they raised um you know self-centered believing it's okay to only care about themselves if they always got what they wanted growing up no one showed them how to respect other people's opinions or belief they thought they were the only ones important in life then i totally believe that a narcissistic person um would that's the behavior of a narcissistic person okay okay i got a question um that i would like to answer the question is how do i get my ex to stop harassing me that's a very good question and i would like more detail about that like is the ex is this a ex-husband ex-wife uh ex-boyfriend ex-girlfriend the do they have kids together? And then maybe I can... Okay, so it's husband. So how do you get an ex-husband to stop harassing you? <laughs> Sometimes you actually have to file a restraining order. And if you have kids, you can do that. Because um, um, they will come to your place of worship, your church, with their kid. And they will tailgate you. And they will um, burn your phone up and texts and calls and they will threaten to kill you i have filed a restraining order before i totally believe you you need to file a restraining order when a ex-husband or ex-wife or ex-boyfriend ex-girlfriend is threatening you in any way any shape any form and you can show that to your local sheriff's department or police department and county or city uh, wherever you are living you can show that and the test or the voice recordings let them hear the voice recordings file the restraining order then you will go to court um before the judge um you don't have to have an attorney neither when you file a restraining order you will not need an attorney to file a restraining order unless you already have an attorney you can bring your attorney but mo most time you don't need an attorney if your divorce is final but however if you're still 
battling like custody issues or anything you can bring your attorney if you would like um okay and i want to go a little bit deeper into the gaslighting um this is another characteristic that the abuser uses and i talked about it earlier gaslighting usually you know is what uh, is mental manipulation that they use on their victim for a extended period of time like um the things that they are doing the abuser are doing will they will throw it back and say um like you're doing this you know like you're you're the one that's the drug addict when they're actually the drug addict or if they're an alcoholic they say oh you're an alcoholic even though they don't have proof of it or evidence um they'll say you're doing this or you're an unfit parent when actually you know it could be vice versa or however you want to say it is what i'm trying to say the things usually that they are doing the abusers doing will uh the abuser will throw it at their victim and that's called gaslighting they will say make false allegations of this is what you're doing and um how can you do this to me and how can you do this to your our kids you know trying to make you feel bad when you shouldn't feel bad because you're the victim they're the abuser and they should be held accountable for their actions and the third characteristic that i want to go more into detail about also is the smear campaign which i talked a little about that also is you know when the abuser makes false allegations also but they go a little further with it they'll go to their pastor they'll go to their deacon they'll go to family they'll go to friends they'll go to their co-workers they might even go to your family your friends or your co-workers spreading um lies about you trying to to destroy your reputation they can also go on social media which i think is a very big mistake on their part especially if you're in any kind of legal um a legal situation like a custody matter or divorce matter um even if you are a um you know the abuser will go on social media using this mirror campaign on their victim and however and i'm gonna go say this too if you're a victim please don't go on social media neither i'm trying to um put out all your information on social media about your situation unless the situation's over you know and er the divorce is final or whatever the relationship's final the custody matter's final then you know you can do that but if you're still going through a custody or a divorce um situation i would not put any information about my uh, your divorce or your custody battle on any social media platform because it will it can be held against you in court and um so i just would recommend that but the abuser will go to and they will go to their place of worship or your place of worship and tell your pastor use the smear campaign uh go tell your pastor well did you know they were a drug addict and stuff like that knowing that's not true they don't have any evidence like they don't have video recordings they don't have any you know any picture showing you're a drug addict or they'll say you're an alcoholic you know more false allegations and they'll continue to do this you know to to get you to um just to try to ruin your reputation and um and you're the victim here you're not the abuser there again the 
the abuser is not taking any responsibility for their actions. So they always try to make the vi the victim, the abuser will always try to make the victim look crazy. And I will say that they will always say you're you're mental, you're you know you're mentally not stable, and you know things like that. The abuser always wants to make the victim feel bad and look bad. That's the abuser's um, big, big campaign. Even though it's false allegations, that's their thing. They want to mentally and physically get you down to a point where you are not able to, um, you know, you're not able to, like, make any, any, you know, rational sense or, you know, make you look like you're the one that's got... A rage problem like they'll say something into it it's trying to get you to respond to it well that's all the time i have for the first podcast on my next podcast i'm going to be talking more about um boundaries setting boundaries with abusers and um and all and uh, setting boundaries and i'll go in more of physical and mental abuse and um and um the podcast after the second podcast, the third podcast, I will begin to have um, live chat questions. So if you would like to call in and ask me any questions, I'll be more than happy to answer. And thank you all for joining my podcast today. Follow me. And I hope you all have a blessed day.